It's Saturday morning, and you're listening to The Morning Yoke, the podcast that helps you start your weekend off informed. My name is Rich. And my name is Aaron, and we deliver the biggest news you may have missed while you were working. So grab some coffee, fry an egg, or just kick back in bed. You're listening to The Morning Yoke. On this week's episode, we will be discussing the travel ban, Harley-Davidson, Venezuela, Hey Rich, What's That Smell, and coming to a theater near you. Before we get started with this week's topics, we just wanted to say thanks for tuning in today and listening to The Morning Yoke. We kick off this morning with an update on the travel ban. Rich, what did the Supreme Court decide earlier this week? So Aaron, the Supreme Court earlier this week ruled that President Trump had the power to ban people from Muslim countries if he feels like it's a threat to national security. The vote was 5-4 to four with conservatives having the majority. Aaron, this has been a long-fought battle for Trump. Could you catch us up on what's been going on? Well, Richard, this started in January of 2017, early into Trump's first days of his presidency. On the 27th, he signed an executive order banning citizens from Iran, Syria, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. The next day, protests broke out across the country, and instantly, courts around the country started blocking the travel ban. On March 6, 2017, the administration unveils its second version of the travel ban. It was set to run for 90 days, and it was also immediately blocked by the courts. September 24th, Trump issues his third version of the travel ban, adding and removing some countries from the original list. December 4th, 2017, the Supreme Court rules that even though there is still legal battles to be had, the ban can still go through and stay in place while they figure, out, figure it out. Thus bringing us to the current ban, which the Supreme Court has ruled that it's constitutional as long as it's a means of protecting the United States, but they said they will end it if they see that the meaning behind it changes or feels unnecessary. Rich, what's your opinion on the matter? So Aaron, my opinion on the matter sits like this. I actually agree with the ban. Are you surprised? A little bit, yes. I semi-agree with it. So I think it's fair to say that, yes, these countries who do have, you know, some terrorist cells in them should be banned from traveling to the United States. Does that mean that everyone should be banned from those countries? No. And I don't agree what Trump has kind of juiced it up as to being a ban on Muslims. I don't agree that we should choose um, religion and ban certain religions from coming in the country. I think that's pointless. Um, But I don't think it's a bad thing as long as we don't let it slip into that whole um, you're this, you're that, you can't come in here. And as long as it's for protecting the country, I'm for it at least. I don't think it's too bad, but um, I think it's come a long way um, in the three iterations that it has gone through. Um, It's not perfect. I think it'll change again. But it's a start. Um, Hopefully it doesn't last too long. Trump is Trump. Aaron, how do you feel on it? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, I want to feel safer. Um, and with this travel ban, I, I kind of feel safer. I mean, some people might have a different viewpoint than I do, but I think I feel a little safer uh, knowing that these countries, um, you know, such as, you know, the people that come over um, and terrorize different cities, different states, you know, you know take into consideration Paris, you know, that bombing that happened, you know, that was a Muslim country. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my opinion. Um, I feel safer with the travel ban. Uh, again, some people might have different opinions. Yeah, I think it has um, some stuff you can compare it to the Chinese Exclusion Act, which was, you know, we banned all Chinese people from coming into the country, mainly because we thought they were stealing our jobs in the early 1900s. Um, but this kind of has a different ring to it. They're kind of twisting it and spinning it for protection reasons. 
I I agree for the protection causes. I mean, hopefully it doesn't last. A lot of people, good people over there, um, that deserve to have an opportunity, just like with any other country, Mexico, any country from South America, they all deserve to have equal chances. Um, Aaron, how do you feel? You know, is that kind of where you're at with everything? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, what you said makes a lot of sense and um, just agreed, you know. Let's move it on to the next topic. Of course, we will keep you guys posted on any updates before we travel on to the next topic. Just wanted to pause and remind all the listeners that you can find all the updates for Saturday's shows on Facebook. Just search The Morning Yoke and hit the like button, and Facebook will provide you with all of our annoying reminders. Thanks in in advance, though. Next up this morning, Harley-Davidson has found itself in some controversy. Aaron, what did the company announce this week? Well, Richard, Harley-Davidson announced this week that they will be moving some of its manufacturing overseas. Richard, how did we get here? So to understand how we got here, Aaron, we have to go back to the early months of 2017. And this is when President Trump often toted Harley as being a model for American companies. But Harley recently has had about a 12% decline in sales. And with the new European tariffs against the United States, which were in response to the tariffs placed on them by Donald Trump, So the company's second largest market is in Europe, and the company has been faced with the challenge of cutting costs. Now, Harley-Davidson does already have manufacturing plants in Brazil, Australia, and Thailand, but says the most recent announcement does not affect their manufacturing immediately. And the company is set to increase the price of bikes by $2,200, but will eat most of the cost. Initially, this choice will end up costing the company $90 to $100 million a year. The once chosen company has now faced criticism from President Trump, who was quoted as saying, I've done so much for you, and then this. Other companies are coming back where they belong. We won't forget. And neither will your customers, or now your very happy competitors. He has also threatened to tax the Wisconsin-based company for the move. So that being said, Aaron, what's your thoughts on this? Well, Richard, Harley-Davidson bikes, they're expensive. They're hit with tariffs that bring the cost of the bikes, uh, as you said, $2,200 more. The bikes are expensive as, as they sit now. Um, so Harley-Davidson, they're really helping their customers. They're taking a hit themselves to help their customers not have to pay that tariff. Um, Richard, what's your thought on that? I think this is actually the first step in a lot of steps for a lot of American companies. I think the same companies that Trump is trying to actually help is actually hurting them. Um, If we look back at the tariffs he's placed on the European Union, uh, especially for steel imports and all that stuff, now it's affecting American jobs. And I don't think he anticipated this, although all senior advisors would have anticipated this. Um, So I think it's kind of his own wrongdoing. I think it's kind of funny we give tax breaks to these multi-million dollar companies and you know, to keep the jobs in America, and then it ends up actually going overseas. Um, I mean, $2,200 extra on a motorcycle, I want a Harley, actually, but $2,200 extra, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I wouldn't pay um, that. And that hurts, that hurts their company. I mean, that's potentially closing down factories. I think um, another company, GMC, actually said they had to cut some jobs. Um, they announced that Friday. So I think, you know, a lot of these companies are starting to look at these tariffs and say, hey, you know, we're actually kind of hurting from this. It's not making businesses grow. It's hurting the American dollar. I um, mean, it drives up prices for us, which isn't fair. You know, look at the, um, how much a bike is now. An extra 2200 bucks on a Harley, that's a lot. You know, like income's not going up. So it's very interesting. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll follow the tariffs. I know there's supposed to be more implemented with the 
with our allies and our enemies. So it should be super interesting. Um, moving on, um, I know Aaron has a nice little plug for you guys. So Aaron, go ahead and plug it up. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying this week's episode so far. As always, us at the Morning Yoke appreciate everyone who is tuning in. Up next, we have the crisis in Venezuela. Venezuela is a country located in South America. It's also home to the largest oil reserve in the world. But Rich, why is their economy failing? So Aaron, this country should be filthy rich, but yet it's running out of sources to even print its own money, meaning they can't even afford inflation. The problem in Venezuela is simple. It's self-inflicted. Due to poor money management and oil spending, the country's oil production actually reduced 25% from 1999 to 2013. With lowering oil prices, one would think the government would reduce its spending, but the government instead turned to the printing presses and kept printing money out and spending it, money they did not have. In Venezuela, the currency is called bolivars, and since 2012, the value of the currency has fallen 99.1% against the U.S. dollar. The issues have only gotten worse. The company, which outsources many needs, can't even afford to pay other foreign companies to print their money. The government has been horrible at planning its infrastructure. The country didn't create a second power supply to its hydraulic generator, and the country currently is in a drought, which means the country actually goes through periodic and very often power outages. The stores are empty, and common supplies like toilet paper are hard to come by, and food shortage has spread across the country. A dozen eggs in Venezuela cost $150, and the average person in Venezuela has actually lost 17 pounds over this time period, which some would think it's a good thing, but that's really bad. So what's their president doing? So President Maduro has went from a president to a dictator. He's tossing political opponents in jail, using lethal force to crack down on protests against his policies, and 46 people as of recently have died. In July of 2017, he rigged an election to help expand his executive powers even further, strengthening his grip on the country. Maduro has done everything in his power to prevent himself from losing power. Wow, well, what's the U.S. doing? So Trump's administration has denounced Maduro's practices and have even placed sanctions on the country, trying to loosen the grip of Maduro. Mike Pence, vice president, has even called the administration a sham and a failed state. The European Union has also slapped sanctions on Maduro's administration as well. But Maduro has stated it just makes him stronger. Even President Donald Trump has suggested military action, although that's very unlikely. Aaron, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I think it sucks that, you know, life in Venezuela is so terrible because of the president and how he can't really turn things around. I mean, you know, the government officials over there are basically profiting off of, you know, food, uh, you know, that they're trying to you know, the, the people over there are trying to get, you know, it's terrible. Um, you know, medicine has come, become scarce, um, things like that. It's, it's terrible. Um, Rich, what's your opinion on that? I think it's a sad situation. I think it doesn't get talked about enough in our mainstream media. Um, you know, a lot of these people are looking for asylum in this country and, you know, we turn them away at the door, but it, it's sad, you know, especially when you see that um, a failed, you know, democracy and how one person's power even without the knowledge of the people, can still become a dictatorship. And I think it's very important that we become, you know, very self-aware of that, especially currently with this administration, that it might not look like it can happen, but it can happen. Um, you know, I think it's also a good time to, you know, maybe consider helping them out, you know, financially. Those people are starving. Um, 
you know, you're going to have a high infant mortality rate pretty soon. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's pretty sad. Hopefully you can come, you know, get some changes going on over there. Yep. Some great information so far. Let's keep all the Venezuelans currently struggling in our thoughts. Moving on to a lighter side of the news, this is the Morning Yoke. Rich, what's that smell? Aaron, have you ever walked into a thirst store and noticed that distinctive smell? Yeah. Have you noticed that every thrift store you go to has that exact same stank? Come to think of it, yeah. Well, Aaron, I have scoured the pages of the international web, and I have found your answer. And it turns out, the answer behind the stink is us. It's our bodies. Oil, sweat. It's people. You, me, everyone in between. The reason the stores kind of smell the same is because we all are the same species that wear clothes. We are humans. Now, some other things come into play, such as the type of fabric. For example, you know, wool will hold, hold the smell other than, you know, like some like polyester type of fabric, you know, like the windbreakers and stuff. Um, and that kind of adds into it. Um, so, Aaron, can you tell the viewers or listeners how we would get that smell out? Well, it's pretty simple. Without having to fork over some money to your local dry cleaners, giving your clothes a thorough wash is really good. If you have a fancy washer with steam and sanitized cycles, it's really beneficial to run that on the clothes, as it helps to kill odors and bacteria. It's recommended to do this right after getting home with your somewhat newly purchased clothes that you scored a big deal on. Yeah, so do you ever go to like thrift stores and stuff? I want to make an effort to go. I, I heard you can find some cool stuff. Yeah, you can score some deals. Uh, you got to be careful what you pick, though. You know, you don't know where that stuff's kind of been. Yeah, it's all right. You can find some, like, cool, like, clothing from, like, the 70s and whatnot. That'd be dope. Yeah. I heard you can find, like, vintage, like, games and, like, cameras. and. You know what we should do? We should uh, take 20 bucks out of the bank, head to a thrift store, and see what we come up with. Probably not. Wow, so that was a stinky situation. Aaron, what's next on the morning yo? Sicario Day of the Salvado is out in theaters. What? Soldado, I think it's pronounced. Soldado. Soldado. Mexicano. Soldado. Soldado. You excited to see it, Aaron? I'm excited. I saw the first one. The first one was very, very good. First one was cool, huh? It was good. It was well made. I was surprised, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I wasn't too surprised. I kind of, I watched the movie expecting to see a good movie, and I saw a good movie. So for the second one, I'm definitely, you know, looking to spend that, you know, my hard-earned $15 on a on a good uh, second version of Sicario. You thinking about having a movie review next week? Uh, You know, yeah, why not? You know, I'm down to do that. I'm down. Let's watch it. We'll watch it this week, guys. We'll give you a review next week. Um, LeBron, Bron, where are you going to go, LeBron? You know how much LeBron, you know what, how, how much it costs for LeBron to stay in his house in the Caribbean? I would assume it's pretty expensive. He's paying $75,000 a week. Oh, man. That <laughs> a is, week. That is very, very expensive. Oh, where will you go, LeBron? Hey, Mexico's doing good in the World Cup. Good job, boys. Keep it up. Keep it up. We're I'm in the round for, of 16. Uh, I'm rooting for Brazil. <laughs> oh, we play Monday. They yeah. play Monday. Yeah. Too bad I work at that time. Suck. Are you, are you getting sick, Richard? <laughs> Huh? Are you getting sick? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you to call out. Oh, I didn't catch that one. I'm a little slow right now. <laughs> long day, long week, you know, waking up early on the morning yoke. But um, yeah, no, I'll definitely root for Mexico. Go Mexico because the stupid United States team couldn't get in. Punks. Um, other than that, you know, pretty good week here at the morning yoke. 
How was your week, Aaron? My week was fantastic other than having to work, but, you know. Of course, that's like everyone else. Um, anything fun planned this weekend? Um, as far as plans go, plans don't really work out too well for me, so uh, not really. It's just going to be work, 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 work. Work, 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 Sounds good, Aaron. So, wrapping it up here on the Morning Yoke, as always, we want to thank the listener for listening in. If you have any suggestions, feel free to comment on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening to the Morning Yoke. Bye-bye.